Hello, Rebels. You're listening to a free audio-only recording of my weekly show, The Gun Show. My guest tonight is veteran Winnipeg broadcaster and journalist, Marty Gold. He joins me tonight to talk about his new project, thej.ca. It's something he hopes will become the place for pro-Israel, Jewish-focused news this side of Toronto. Now, if you like listening to this podcast, then you will love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to premium content. That's what we call our long-form TV-style shows here on The Rebel. Subscribers get access to watching my weekly show, as well as other great TV-style shows too, like Ezra's nightly Ezra Levant show, and David Menzies' fun Friday night show, Rebel Roundup. It's only 8 bucks a month to subscribe, or you can subscribe annually to get two months free. And just for our podcast listeners, you can save an extra 10% on a new premium membership by using the coupon code podcast when you subscribe. Just go to therebel.media slash shows to become a member. And please leave a five-star review on this podcast and subscribe in iTunes or wherever you find your podcast. Those reviews are a great way to support The Rebel without spending a dime. And now, please enjoy this free audio-only version of my show. You know, we really don't have a lot of places to go for pro-Israel Jewish-focused news this side of Toronto, or we didn't until now. I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed, and you're watching The Gun Show. I'm pro-Israel in the same way that I'm pro-Singapore and pro-Brexit and pro-renegotiating equalization within the confines of Canada. What I mean to say is that I'm always in favor of democracy, capitalism, and especially self-determination for people. I think like a lot of people, I'm strongly interested in the state of Israel as this beacon of democracy and freedom and capitalism and human rights in a sea of anything but. But a lot of the pro-Israel, pro-Jewish news media is based out of Toronto. And you know what? To be honest, that makes perfect sense because Toronto has a large Jewish community. But what about the Israel-focused, Jewish-focused news outside of the center of the universe? Who's covering the stories outside of Toronto that the mainstream media just won't, either because they don't think it's important or relevant or because the news just doesn't fit the narrative? Well, there is a new Western-based project to address this news deficit that is just launching. Tonight, my guest is a real renaissance man, and I'm sad to say it took so long to get around to talking to him. Joining me in an interview we recorded yesterday afternoon is veteran Winnipeg broadcaster, journalist, and wrestler Marty Gold to tell us about his new project, thej.ca. from Winnipeg is Marty Gold. Now, Marty's not an unfamiliar face to me. I've been following Marty's career as long as I've been on the internet, but he might be a new face to some of our viewers. He's a Winnipeg-based broadcaster and a veteran journalist. Um, Marty, why don't you give us a Coles Notes version of, I guess, your professional career? 
uh, my professional career as it relates to, to journalism uh, fell into the practice of citizen journalism. Uh, you know, growing up, I wanted to do two things, basically. I, I wanted to be in media, and I grew up mostly on radio in the land of Peter Warren, uh, yeah. or go into the, go, uh, you know, uh, into the circus, uh, which in my case became the wrestling business, which I've been in and out of in this country for 40 years. Uh, straight out of high school, like a week out of high school, I started uh, doing sports and news at uh, the University of Manitoba radio station, CJUM. And there was uh, people there like Howard Manshine, who's a lifelong friend of my family's, and the late Reed Dickey, who could mentor me along. Uh, in my early 20s, I did some freelance writing and commentary for Global TV, uh, for CBC Radio North Country, for the Jewish Post and News, uh, a few other things. Uh, I was in the late 80s, briefly, the legislative correspondent for Craig Broadcasting for what was then MTN-TV in Winnipeg. Uh, the Towards the end of the 90s, I became a talk radio host for what was, trying to remember who owned it at the time, for Talk Radio 1290 in Winnipeg, and then uh, moved towards more of the citizen journalism on community radio with two stations in Winnipeg. I did the Drive Home Show on Kick FM for four years. And then I did a very unique program on Shaw TV called City Circus that focused on long-form interviews with school trustees and, uh, you know, city officials and uh, counselors that nobody else in the country uh, would risk losing an audience, boring them to death with. Uh, so I've done a variety of those kinds of projects, a lot of investigative journalism, always dabbled in sports uh, uh, to some degree as well. The reason I ask you that is because you have this what I think is a phenomenal new project underway and really that's why I wanted to have you on the show and it really I believe is going to fill the gap in um, like Jewish based is even pro-Israel or pro-Zionist based journalism west of Toronto because I mean our viewers at home know I, I'm not Jewish but I am an absolute philo-Semite um, I'm pro-Israel in the same way that I'm pro-Singapore, I'm pro-democracy, I'm pro-self-determination, I'm anti-extremism and anti-terrorism. Mm -hmm. um, and it, there's, a, there's a real gap in that sort of journalism west of Toronto. It just doesn't really exist, except for when I find time to get back to it here at The Rebel with everything else that's happening in Alberta. So why don't you tell us a little bit about this new project that you're working on? Well, it, it stems back to, to, to a large degree to uh, in, in my 20s, in the mid-80s, I fell, in the in, uh, fell into the circle of a fellow named Yoram Hamizrahi. He'd been a lieutenant colonel in the Israeli Defense Force and was the commander in southern Lebanon. So he was the Israeli liaison to Sad Haddad and the Haddad family. Uh, Yoram had family in Winnipeg. He had a dispute with uh, Ariel Sharon over the uh, Lebanon incursion. He moved uh, to Winnipeg with his family. His wife was uh, uh, from Germany. She was also a, a very skilled uh, broadcaster and journalist who worked for CBC and other outlets here after they got here. Uh, Yoram was a columnist with uh, Yediot Akronot. And he, uh, I, I, I literally, my, my wife at the time and I, we, we were driving in the North End and he was waiting at a bus stop and he had just been on CTV News this, that morning talking about Lebanon. And I recognized him and I said, well, I think that's that guy. And I turned around and picked him up and gave him a lift to the mall. <laughs> what resulted was the most influential um, figure in my adult life. Uh, he uh, wanted to get involved in community affairs in Winnipeg. Uh, he did not have the same view of multiculturalism. He didn't swallow it uh, as uh, some kind of cure-all for, for the ills of uh, immigrant communities in Canada. 
I viewed it as a uh, often used to divide communities by dangling projects and money as opposed to dealing with hardcore issues of poverty, of, of education, of English second language training. And Yoram uh, taught me both the journalism side and the, the community development side. Uh, and uh, his uh, son was about bar mitzvah age when I first met them. Uh, and so it starts with, with, with him uh, worrying or, or looking at the stories about anti-Semites, about incidents in Winnipeg or in Canada. That's something that's a throwback to, for me, 1984, 5, 6, 7. And I really, outside of on my radio show where I had regular segments with Yoram and with Ron, with his son, uh, I, I didn't really do a lot of Jew-oriented or Israel-oriented stuff. Um, and uh, it was in November that uh, in talking with Ron uh, that I came to recognize that there was had been such a fundamental shift, not only in, in society, but also in the nature of so-called journalism among the mainstream, that uh, I had to start devoting more of my time uh, and relying on my background, my in institutional knowledge, to come forward. Uh, and so we discussed the idea of a website. Uh, Ron is a, a publisher of Huddle Media. He's uh, put out various uh, glossy sports magazines, very successful at that. But his true love is uh, is in Israel is is with the Jewish people in the state of Israel. He was born and raised in Matula, and had uh, his family had um, uh, uh, a bounty put on their heads by Yasser Arafat. Bullets would whiz like through the through the house and, and hit the kitchen window. Uh, so he uh, uh, years ago, of course, served in the Israeli Defense Force, and he wanted to to move his his media interests towards this as well, uh, and in particular in. Uh, January, I discovered uh, that uh, the synagogues and the Jewish Federation of Winnipeg were inadvertently, as it turned out, sponsoring uh, a, a self-hating Jew, as we put it, an anti-Zionist opposed to birthright, opposed to programs the synagogues and the Federation were fundraising for. Uh, but this fellow, Lex Rolfberg, a rabbinical student from Wisconsin, is a darling of the Limud movement. Uh, he's uh, identified by, if not now, as a leader, and I saw the reference if not now in his biography. And this is in an ad for him to appear at the synagogue dinner as a guest speaker with the support of the Federation. So I got hold of Ron and he was completely shocked, started making calls the next day and I got a story posted in um, an outlet called Manitoba Post in Winnipeg, which is uh, owned by the family of city councillor Kevin Klein, who's a friend of mine, who's a strong supporter of the Jewish community and uh, ended up running like four stories in six days or five in six days about this Rothberg affair uh, as uh, and it was evident that you know without me intervening and pointing out the kind of things that if not now does the kinds of protests that they've engaged in the arrest of federation offices in Boston harassing Jewish school children in Detroit because they're they are Marxists to the point of rejecting their own the core of Judaism and I was startled that there's a stream of Judaism uh, that that believes that you can be a Jew but be disconnected from Eretz Yisrael from the state of Israel as our homeland. That's that's just not something I was raised in. Winnipeg has a very strong tradition uh, from Salkani to Ziasper. My own grandfather was director of the Canadian Zionist Federation. It's You can be a secular Jew. I live as a very secular life. But at our core, we are connected to the Holy Land. And this idea that these young, hip academics and rabbinical students or whatever, that they're trying to influence Jewish youth and the broader youth and give comfort to anti-Semites and the, to the BDS movement, I just found that reprehensible. And it became obvious that, um, you know, Manitoba Post is of general interest 
and we thought that uh, there was a need. Ron thought there was a, a, a need to advance this concept immediately into what we call the J.ca, and it's had a remarkable response so far, uh, in part because of the variety of stories that we're covering, but just the principle, as you've espoused, that there's no pro-Israel voice uh, in the media, uh, seemingly west of Toronto, and there's a lot of dissatisfaction with what comes out of Toronto as well, I've learned. Yeah, uh, I mean, there are a lot of stories that go undercovered um, this side of uh, Toronto, and you actually pointed out to me, and and to my great shame, I guess I didn't really know or I hadn't been paying attention, that Linda Sarsour had actually been to Vancouver, um, and it was completely underreported. Oh, yeah, it was, it was a total mystery, and, and, you know, this has been a bit of a path um, that journalistically that, that I've been following as editor, Ron as publisher. Um, it started with Rothberg. And uh, the idea that you can bring in a character like this, that the Limud movement, which is about Jewish learning and therefore tries to be, you know, almost non-denominational when it comes to the, the kinds of speakers they bring in. Uh, well, just because Rothberg was going to talk about the Winnipeg Jets, uh, you know, this is, it, it, it's, it's an affront to so many, it was an affront to so many in the Jewish community that he's speaking on the campus on the Asper campus, named after Izzy Asper, and here's a guy who says uh, immigrating, making Aliyah to Israel is a sin, and who's just, uh, you know, so imbued in this Marxism that, that, that what, he, what he says is a total rejection of the average Jewish belief and experience, certainly in Canada. I can see it in the States, but in Canada, 80% of Jews identify as either conservative or, or, or uh, religious orthodox. My own tradition uh, was an was orthodox, not in daily practice, but in ob observation and observances. And so Rolfberg led, it, it, although there were other things that intervened that we found out about, Rolfberg led to Sarsour, uh, to Linda Sarsour appearing at a fundraiser in Winnipeg. And what I discovered was uh, in just doing a search about Sarsour Canada, that she had appeared in a couple of weeks after uh, Rolfberg was here, March 3rd or whatever, on March 18th, 17th or 18th, she appeared on behalf of a Muslim charity, a women's helpline in Vancouver. And there was no media coverage. There's one story in like the Richmond community newspaper. The Jewish community there, look, they don't have a run east. They don't have somebody like me, unfortunately, who will raise the alarms and knows how to cover these stories. And the, the, this is the cover now that's being used to bring Linda Sarsour into Canada, is they connect it with a Muslim charity to try to make it unassailable. How can you oppose helping women that are fleeing domestic violence? I've worked in that sector, so I understand the psychology of that argument. Uh, in this case, the Canadian Muslim Women's Institute, who last had an event listed in May of 2017, and who provide um, uh, social services to immigrant Muslim women. And these aren't people necessarily from uh, middle, the Middle East. These are from African countries, etc. Daycare, uh, food bank, worthwhile services to be sure. I didn't find a single political uh, kind of activity on their website at all. And all of a sudden, they're co-sponsoring a dinner with Linda Sarsour, uh, not a dinner, rather, a fundraising, pa uh, uh, and they backed off from being a fundraiser. Initially, it was designed as a fundraiser for the Social Planning Council's 100th anniversary with a couple of other panelists about activism and how you can make a difference. But no matter where Linda Sarsour appears, North Carolina, for instance, in a couple of instances, 
uh, I think it was Orange County, North Carolina, uh, at a, a, a procession, a medical graduation, I think it was, in Chapel Hill. She always brings it around to Israel, to the Middle East, to colonialism, to the evils of, of Zionism uh, consistently. So we know where this is going in Winnipeg. Uh, but in the interim, there was a couple of other appearances by, by pro-BDS, uh, anti-Zionist characters. And so Winnipeg's become, uh, uh, I don't want to say a hotbed, but these characters walk in with impunity. Um, there was uh, an event on March 16th with uh, a, uh, a Palestinian postal worker. Um, uh, I got to uh, grab the guy's name. Uh, Ima Tamiza, and he made a film. And so CUPE and the, and the Postal Workers Union host this with other organizations at the Union Center in Winnipeg. The Jewish Federation had no knowledge of it. This Tamiza guy was just in town last week um, with another speech about the oppression of Palestinian laborers in Hebron, of all places, scene of a famous massacre of Jews uh, at a, an Arab uh, cafe in Winnipeg, April 17th. I just found out this morning doing prep to appear with you. Uh, on April 18th, there was a Slavoj Zizak, who's some distinguished philosopher, who came in as part of the Lloyd Axford, the Distinguished Speaker series for social justice and the public good. So these people are coming in, giving legitimacy through these platforms. Uh, Social Planning Council haven't done much good work in Winnipeg over the years, uh, but is now uh, captured by Marxists, uh, by hardcore uh, um, uh, Israel haters, and some, I dare th uh, think, uh, cross the line into outright Jew hating. The Seven Oaks School Division was the original venue, and uh, Ron East started a petition, which now has over 4,200 signatures, and the school division, uh, having their uh, policy cited directly to them, immediately canceled that event, and it got booked in because the chair of the Social Planning Council was an employee of the school division. Um, nobody had any hesitation at first to plan an event during Passover on a Friday night at the beginning of, of, uh, of Sabbath, on a Jewish holy day in Passover, nobody thought anything of booking a character like Sarsour, uh, a provocative character like Sarsour, across the street from the Hever Mishnaya Synagogue. The Social Planning Council met with B'nai B'rith, subsequently apologized, and they've rescheduled that event to another venue that's linked to the vice chair of the Social Planning Council. So they create their own little fiefdom. They try to create a web with their other organizations and affiliations. This is all coming from the far left. And they don't recognize at any moment that this is not only offensive to Jews and the supporters of, of the Jewish community, but it's divisive and can lead to lots more problems. But as we've seen here in the last you know, six, seven weeks, character after character after character is being imported into Winnipeg to try to uh, create academic uh, legitimacy, uh, journalistic legitimacy, uh, and, de and delegitimize the state of Israel and support for the state of Israel. Yeah, I think that should take me actually to um, the next story that uh, the J.ca um, has covered um, just a couple of days ago. And, it, you know, it goes to that issue of importing these people, normalizing their views by lending the credibility of the organizations who are bringing them in to the words that they're saying. And then it just becomes part of the um, normal ethos of the Canadian conversation. Yes. You guys are... You guys are covering the Peel District School Board apologizing and re and removing an anti-Semitic poster. Um, and the poster, um, it says, if animal testing is not okay, then why is human testing okay? And then it says, protect 
Palestinian prisoners. This was up on the wall in a school. And this is absolute, I mean, I suppose in the old days they would call this blood libel because none of this is true. Nobody's testing on um, Palestinian prisoners, but that is the libel that's being spread about the Israeli government and it's showing up in our schools as just, you know, part of the conversation. Well, we I've dug deeper, I think, than a lot of media outlets have, and there's material I haven't yet published. One thing that uh, was very disturbing, uh, uh, and it was pointed out by Meyer Weinstein of the Jewish Defense League and other individuals who contacted the Peel District School Board. The, these complaints about it, uh, uh, this is a, a, a social justice course. Uh, the poster was being complained about by April 2nd. It wasn't taken down by April 12th. Um, in the notice that was put out by the uh, Center for Israel Jewish Affairs, which is like the umbrella organization for all Jewish federations, uh, in, in, in Canada, and these Jewish federations collect and distribute money to the Jewish agencies, the Jewish projects, charities, old folks' homes, the schools, etc. The sixth point they made was, uh, 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 you know, as they went through this list, we met with Peel, they've taken down the poster, they've removed all the social media, but the sixth point referred to a problematic climate within the school. Uh, now, without further explanation from the, the Peel District School Board, if this was so innocent as they claim, that the teacher and the students had no idea that this was based on falsehoods, which is obviously something that it should not be taken at face value. You're telling me that no, and I know there's at least one Jewish teacher in that school with with a child or children in there. You're telling me that in those 10 days that the Jewish students, the Jewish parents, the Jewish teachers didn't go to the, the principal, the vice principal, and complain about that poster and were rebuked? Obviously, that's the case. Now, what makes this more problematic for the school board is my research uncovered, to the surprise of some of my friends in Toronto, for any poster to go up in the Stephen Lewis Secondary School, it has to be reviewed and initialed by a principal or a vice principal. And so this attempt by the district to, uh, uh, you know, mollify everybody and there is no ill intent and it was it's like some kind of mistake. I don't know how a mistake like that sits on the wall for 10 days and supposedly was approved by one of the senior administrators. And the mainstream media certainly hasn't caught on to that angle, but I've got it and I'm going to be following up on it. Which I suppose is why the J.ca exists is because you do dig a little deeper. Um, and we'll we'll get to another story that you're digging a little deeper on in a second. I want sure. to talk I want to talk about one of the other things that um, you folks are covering, and it's about the pig poster pasted on a synagogue door. Um, this is on the Grant Avenue Synagogue uh, in Winnipeg. Um, this pig poster, you label it as an anti-Semitic prank. Yes. Um, and, I, and I think that's an important distinction because nobody was hurt. Um, it's a stupid thing to do. It's a gross thing to do. It is indeed anti-Semitic. But it the is... Door, there was no threats attached to it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, but... I, I suppose the outrage here uh, doesn't match the outrage that we would see if the very, I would say the very same poster were posted on a mosque. A hundred percent correct. Yeah. The mainstream media did not pick up on this until the subsequent incident at the cafe. And then uh, the CTV reporter, uh, she, somebody probably mentioned it to her. And so CTV seems to be the only outlet and they didn't even have a picture of the poster uh, attached to any of their online news stories till yesterday. It's only received a passing mention. And if a poster, it's a, a photograph of a pig that is then decorated with uh, the word Satan and uh, and devil's horns 
uh, and uh, uh, it's also wearing pearls. I mean, it's a it's a, it's a goofy piece of of uh, uh, provocative, uh, you know, taunting art, so to speak. If that had been found on a mosque, uh, whether it was in Winnipeg or any place else, uh, this would have been a story on the national for three days in a row. There would have been. Uh, panels about it all over CTV and CBC News, that global news, God knows somebody would have had a coronary over there. Uh, and it, it happened here, and even after we published that story, no pickup whatsoever from any media outside of, uh, significant media outside of Winnipeg uh, in terms of the mainstream. And and I'm, I mean, that shows me, uh, not that it's a federal case, but an incident like that, is, as we said, if it happened to another faith, another house of worship, they'd be all over it. Uh, but a reform synagogue in Winnipeg, eh, I guess that's, you know, uh, you know, as we say, and he read something different. Now, I alluded to the story that you guys are digging down a little bit deeper on, and it's about um, a violent incident at uh, the Burmax Cafe and Bistro. Um, now, what I like about this story is that you are sort of bucking the narrative um, and digging a little deeper and following the facts where they might take you. What on its face seems like an anti-Semitic incident may not be exactly that way. Um, and and uh, I'm not alone in the, in the Jewish media in Winnipeg in, in having that approach. Um, uh, the... There was an incident originally in December that I don't even know was reported, and then two incidents of the fence or the the parking lot being spray painted with us with a Jews or and I think the building had it was spray painted the word Jews. So uh, again, in the realm of anti-Semitic incidents, uh, you know this is very Nazi oriented. This stuff it's not. There's no free Palestine. It's not the 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 uh, you know the the Marxist uh, social justice warrior woke crowd that seems to be either behind it or being portrayed as being behind it. So the other incidents, you know, were very disturbing to the owners and to the community. It's it's in a Jewish community in River Heights. It's about um, probably uh, 12 blocks, uh, 12 blocks east and six blocks south of uh, uh, of the synagogue, of the Temple Shalom Synagogue. So it's a very Jewish neighborhood. Uh, my own uh, uh, family resides in, actually. Um, but it's not way up in the in the realm of, uh, you know, the community's under threat or under attack. Uh, this most recent incident, because of the escalation, seemed, you know, disproportionate to what had gone on earlier in February. Uh, and uh, some parts of the uh, story as it's come out have been withheld by the police as they investigate. I've spoken with the uh, police in regards to this matter. Uh, but... Um, this is like the only place, let's leave aside the poster, the pig poster on the shul for a second. This is the only Jewish business that seems to be getting harassed in any way. There's nobody spray painting the windows at Bernstein's, which is in River Heights also, uh, down Grant Avenue. Uh, uh, nobody going into Meyer's Deli and tossing the matzo off the shelves or anything of the sort. Uh, so it's very, it's isolated this one location that actually is on a, uh, you know, well-driven on court, a well-driven street on a corner lot with a number of other units in this uh, strip mall kind of configuration. So that right there makes you wonder. Um, there, another complication is that on the, 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 
the afternoon that this break, uh, apparent break-in and violence uh, happened inside the the uh, restaurant, that a uh, a local uh, group of Israeli, it's an Israeli gay uh, contingent, uh, Betalev, uh, they had just moved their offices in. They've been seeking to buy the restaurant, buy into the restaurant. They've been running programming out of it. They just done a RuPaul trivia contest the night before. <laughs> so, and to me, it's kind of a bizarre concept that a place that's run by a uh, the, the Maxim is uh, is uh, uh, apparently a Chabadnik. He's a religious Jew. I don't know about the rest of the family how religious they are or aren't, but he's very receptive to you know events involving um, you know garish, outlandish crossdressers. Not something you usually <laughs> see mixed with Orthodox Jews. But here's you've got this gay group that's very activist and very outspoken and very um, you know this again isn't uh, the the intellectuals from from uh, uh, from political science departments or something. It's a young, uh, uh, a young motivated bunch. They move in and that night, not only does this uh, cafeteria, this cafe get uh, attacked, uh, uh, defaced certainly. Uh, CBC I think reported a swastika on the wall. It seems to be accurate. There are certainly other things spray painted on the wall. The first thing is who goes to break into a place carrying spray paint? So obviously there's an intent, but with whoever goes in, that's you know revolves around destruction around uh, ruination not around like teaching the jews a lesson yeah. uh, the the mother was present uh, she received some kind of injury was discharged relatively quickly from the hospital but uh, according to our source is receiving treatment all, all week uh, the according to our source the son found her at the restaurant i don't know whether she phoned them and he then phoned the police she didn't call and they shouldn't call the police. Somebody called for medical assistance. Uh, nowhere else in the media and the police did not report that the son found her uh, on the scene. We've gotten confirmation from our source today that, in fact, uh, and it's in our updated, uh, the newest story, uh, the way the mall is configured, which apparently is owned by Burmax, the, the parent company, which is a design company, there's, I guess, an interior hallway that if you open a door, it connects another unit where the gay group had moved into and where apparently the son was also maintaining a business office, right, to run the restaurant, the paperwork. So that area I had confirmed today was also defaced and apparently at the very least has anti-Semitic spray paint uh, uh, logos or something spray painted on it. Uh, but no information as of yet about what the degree of damage is in that area. So this wasn't just the restaurant where people sit part. Uh, the police confirmed to me that the whole place, when they told me the, the whole place was wrecked, I've heard that a toilet was taken out. When somebody takes out the toilet, you know, that's that's serious business and trying to ruin uh, ruin an operation uh, that, that relies on the public. Right. But this destruction went all through the building. And yet still people are not convinced that it's anti-Semitic in nature because it's unlike anything the police have seen here. It's disproportionate to the other incidents, even at that location. And uh, in doing some research, uh, the, 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 not the cafe itself, I'm not sure what the ownership arrangement is in terms of what corporation owns shares and what, but the Bearmax uh, 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 company, family of companies, they've certainly had some challenges in the last few years, certainly in the furniture design, manufacturing, and uh, whatever. You expect to see the odd builders lean, things will happen. But last summer, they lost the default judgment to the Federal Business Development Bank for over $100,000. And more recently, at the end of March, 
uh, they're being sued by some individuals in a condo corporation. There's a number of uh, other defendants, including a, a, um, uh, a company that analyzes building envelopes and environmental issues. Uh, they're being sued. I recognize their name from a, from a, a, a prior uh, enterprise I was involved in where they did work for that enterprise. Uh, Burmax and one of the other defendants, a Jewish name I recognize, are cross-claiming in this lawsuit against some of the other defendants, uh, two of whom are former business associates of Ray Rybachuk. And Ray Rybachuk passed away on Grey Cup Sunday in 2014. He was a notorious uh, Winnipeg criminal uh, in the property industry. At one point, he tore down a house. He imitated the owner of a house, uh, was an absentee landlord, had a house torn down next to his apartment building in the west end of Winnipeg, so it would have parking. Uh, he, uh, when he died, he was uh, had muscled out uh, his partner in the Royal Albert Hotel, and upon his demise, I was actually recruited with my son to to take the Royal Albert Hotel over in crisis management, and 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 and, and drive out the gangs and the drug dealers that uh, were on the verge of ruining the business and and uh, the, the hotel and taking out the plumbing and displacing people who otherwise would be homeless in our community. So Rybachuk was not a good character, and he was a violent character. And uh, his business partners somehow ended up uh, subsequently in some kind of business with Burmax, and now there's a cross-suit. So people look at these circumstances, and it raises an eyebrow about whether this is related not to the not to anti-Semitism per se, but whether the anti-Semitism was covered for other messages that are being sent to the family, to the owners, in relation to business matters, business dealings, and, and potentially debts. Uh, nobody expected that kind of an angle, uh, but I can tell you that other, there are other people in the Jewish media here that, uh, you know, we, we're in a position to hear things from families, from people to see things, pick up on things that somebody sitting in a CBC or a free press newsroom wouldn't. Uh, and um, it, this is, the police themselves are investigating these other angles, they've told me. Uh, they are investigating it as a hate crime, but they, they, they see that there's a lot of loose ends that don't fit neatly into the notion that some bunch of neo-Nazis have suddenly decided to target uh, a cafe in River Heights out of the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and I guess the point is we probably don't need to be making up anti-Semites roaming loose on the streets when we can just import ones like Linda Sarsour and Tamika Mallory to speak at... Uh, you know, NDP proxy events. Uh, Marty, I wanted to uh, give you a chance to uh, plug some of your work, um, let people know exactly where they can find the J.ca and how they can support you because you're just getting off the ground, but I think you're already doing some valuable and impactful work. You know, Ron East is a great admirer of, of, of the, the Rebel and the work that it does in, in uh, the kind of journalism. It's not very, it's not unlike what you do, what I did in a microcosm on Kick FM, and reap the ultimate reward of being railroaded out of there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a, 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 of course, uh, so this is um, uh, very validating for my for myself. Uh, you know, I, our our relationship has been pretty much strictly through Twitter, but you were yeah. a, a voice and a supporter for me in the course of my litigation against Red River College and the Free Press. And uh, for myself, I'm trying to find a niche and rebuild things and run as put in a lot of work and effort. Um, I, we're, uh, among other things, we're planning, there's a, a counter rally that's been organized uh, within the, the community at large on Friday to the Sarsour appearance. One of the people who's committed to appearing, apparently, is the permanent deacon from the Archdiocese of St. Boniface. 
So this is getting cross-cultural uh, support. Uh, Ron is hoping to live stream from the site on Friday. We have a support page when you go to the j.ca. There's a support page with different categories, uh, builder, supporter, warrior of Israel. And we've uh, put together a program at those different levels, uh, ranging from $10 to $100, where uh, there will be uh, uh, tokens of our appreciation, uh, T-shirts, sweatshirts, warrior of Israel hats. Uh, uh, we're certainly looking for advertisers uh, to join us. We've got uh, uh, not just Winnipeg coverage, but Toronto. I've been in contact with someone in Calgary about getting legs and voices on the ground there. Uh, and uh, we're hoping to be able to do something that is, you know, the traditional Jewish media here is still very shtetl oriented. And the, the journalism is, is often very, you know, they try to be even handed to a point where it's a disservice to the Jewish community, uh, trying not to, not, not to piss off people on the far left. We stand yeah. for Israel, we stand for Zionism, and, and not everybody associated with what we do, and Ron himself is not left wing. Uh, and not everybody's the biggest fan of Netanyahu, but when it comes to the the right of the people of it, uh, uh, of uh, the Jewish people to have uh, the state of Israel to have a homeland, we do not broker any notion that that this is something that can be wiped off the map, uh, and and are not going to are not going to bridle those kinds of discussions. You know, the Sarsour thing to try to gain some academic legitimacy and journalistic legitimacy. They haven't announced, they, they announced it, but not announced it broadly. Shannon Sampert, the former op-ed page editor of the Winnipeg Free Press, who's with the University of Winnipeg, she's going to moderate this panel. So when you have characters like her, who's, you know, respected in this community, jumping in on an event like this, it reinforces the need for, for a website like the J.ca for the kinds of stories we do. We're going to be uh, moving towards podcasts and, and, and similar, um, you know, media devices to get the message out, to give a platform to people to talk, to get their messages out uh, as well. And, uh, and um, I'm hoping that we can modernize coverage of Jewish affairs, of Israeli affairs in Canada, and join uh, uh, and jointly with the rebel and, and other like-minded people in the media provide some balance to what you end up seeing coming out of the University of Winnipeg, uh, who of course their people have access to CBC and other media all the time. Uh, and, and it's time for for uh, instead of the federations, the other organizations that are very passive, uh, so to speak, and they're worried about interfaith uh, bridge building, that's all very well and good. But ultimately, somebody has to stand up and say, Dayeno, they have to say that's enough. And that's the role that I'm hoping to fill along with uh, Ron East and other supporters of the J.ca. We have a Twitter account that's CA underscore the J for whatever reason, uh, as well as the Facebook group and the website. And we welcome. Uh, contributions, opinion, and advertising support will be very key to being able to maintain this. If, uh, as I mentioned to you, if this turns into what I do for the next 10 years of my life, it's a, it's a, it comes full circle for me, for my involvement with Yom HaMizrahi, uh, now with his son and fulfilling the kind of work he did to ensure that Jews didn't get uh, steamrolled in, in the media and steamrolled with narratives coming from academia and, and from the social justice crowd. Well, Marty, I, I wish you the best of luck. I think you're doing valuable work that is um, sadly absent uh, on the Canadian media landscape. And I got to tell you, you're the best kind of guest because I just asked the odd question and you just <laughs> let her rip for 25 minutes or 30 minutes. So that's great. I hope I can invite you back on the show. Um, I'd love to.
his team at the J.ca the very best of luck. In the past 24 hours since we've recorded our interview, pressure from Marty and the rest of the Jewish community has now forced Winnipeg's mayor to renounce Linda Sarsour and her proposed speaking engagement in Winnipeg. I say that's some pretty effective journalism from the J.ca already. And you guys know how I love a good journalism startup mixed with a healthy dose of activism. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Head on over and check out Marty's website. Thanks as always for tuning in. I'll see everybody back here in the same time, in the very same place next week. And remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think.